So it was exactly three weeks ago today uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And um, interestingly, since that time, I, I haven't mentioned it. I haven't brought it up in a homily. I haven't preached about it. Um, but today, today I'm going to. I'm going to a little bit today uh, just because I think that it's, it's, it's good. It's good to remember. Uh, I was, I've heard a talk about a week ago where somebody was going on and on and they were, they were saying things about it. And then, you know, everybody gets so worked up about the Chiefs. Well, you know, that's empty. It's meaningless. Chiefs victories and championship t-shirts and, and I was like, whoa, chill out, man. Just chill out a little bit, right? <laughs> it's, it's entertainment. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Now, what I actually really want to talk about is something else from three weeks ago today. I want to talk about one of the commercials that I saw during the Super Bowl because that has actually stuck with me even more than the Super Bowl victory. It's something that I think about on a regular basis. It was the New York Life insurance commercial. It cost $5 million per commercial, so they're figuring that they run it twice, about $10 million. And it was about the four meanings of the word love, according to the Greeks. Maybe you remember this commercial. A one-minute commercial, and it's beautiful imagery, but it said this. These were the words of that commercial. The ancient Greeks had four words for love. The first is philia. Philia is affection that grows from friendship. Next, there's storge, the kind you have for a grandparent or a brother. The third is eros, the uncontrollable urge to say, I love you. The fourth kind of love is different. It's the most admirable. It's called agape. Love as an action. It takes courage, sacrifice, and strength. And then as the commercial continued, it talked a little bit about what New York life has done for the last hundred and so many years. And, and it was, I, I found it to just be a very, I actually found it to be a beautiful commercial that I continue going back to and thinking about the four meanings of the word love according to the Greeks. It's something that we would have absolutely studied in uh, seminary. We would have studied that in the seminary. Let me give you, let me give you uh, just a couple other meanings, though, of that word agape. Because I think they did a good job. I think they did a good job in, in the limited amount of time that they had to talk about that. But I want to talk about this word agape a little deeper. A, a Catholic definition of the word agape here. Agape is the most distinctively Christian form of love. Used by Christ to describe the love among the persons of the Trinity. It's also the love he commanded his followers, you and I, to have for one another. It's totally selfless, which seeks not one's own advantage, but only to benefit or share with another. This past weekend, these hours prior to right now, I've been with our Pathways Retreat folks in Salina. And as we were in Salina, as we were in the midst of this retreat weekend, they spoke much of agape love. They spoke of that love that doesn't ask 
anything in return. And I found it appropriate that today's gospel speaks of that as well. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. This idea of justice and what's, a, what's appropriate justice. And Jesus says, don't even think about justice. Don't think of it that way. If someone says, if someone says strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other as well. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus, Jesus says, no, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Even though you're not getting anything out of it in return, you're still living out this agape form of love. This agape form of love. Now, I found it kind of funny. I was reading uh, some articles, reading some articles about that commercial that I, I like so much. And not everybody loved it as, as much as I did. For example, uh, we have... Uh, this guy that wrote an article, and I don't know what his real problem was. He seemed to, to like it somewhat, but, but he said this. If love is an action, as the ad claims, strength is not a part of the equation. At least not for a faith where power is made perfect in weakness. Something to think about, dude. New York Life folks said, love is an action, it takes courage, it takes sacrifice, and it takes strength. The writer of this article says, strength, strength shouldn't be a part of the equation. Strength shouldn't be a, a part of equation, especially for those of us who are Christians, who understand that power is made perfect in weakness. I disagree with him. I disagree with him. I think strength is what we is what we gain when we walk in the midst of our weakness. I don't, I don't think it's possible to live the Christian life without strength, especially in the times of weakness. And, and the one example that I want to point to over and over and over again is Jesus Christ on, on the cross. When it seemed as though he was at his weakest, it was then that he was the strongest. And it's the same for each and every one of you. It's the same for each and every one of you. So I encourage you to look at that definition. Yes, it does take courage. It does take sacrifice. It does take strength and it does take action. We are invited to participate in that love that God shows for us. That, that love that asks for nothing in return. We are called to live that kind of love as well. Just like today's scripture says. I want to close with this. Close with this. Last line of today's gospel. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. I had Mass this morning with the folks at the Pathways Retreat, and I said, here's my one thing that I desire for you. Yeah, I understand that, that perfection in, in the way that God was perfect is not exactly possible for us, Another definition would be this, is, is to live our lives so that we become who God has destined us to be. Another definition, to fully live out his plan for each and every one of us. That's a life of perfection for those of us here on earth. No, it's not going to be that we never make mistakes, but when we make mistakes, we get right back on that path and we start going again. But none of us are going to have the ability, or none of us are going to be able to live that life of perfection, brothers and sisters, unless we desire to be perfect. None of us are going to have any chance whatsoever of being perfect unless we desire to be perfect. 
And so my prayer for those who are on retreat, my prayer for all of you, is that you at least have the desire to live the perfect life. We have Lent coming up, perhaps through sacrifice, perhaps through some action. Perhaps you can find that strength to live that agape love. There's a picture of a young Pat Mahomes that I ran across recently. His dad, uh, I think he was a professional baseball player, is that right? I think he was. And Pat Mahomes is, I don't know, probably seven years old playing baseball. And you can just see this look on his face, this concentration. You could tell, even from a young age, that Pat Mahomes had something, something. What is that? That's something that he had. He had, he had a desire to be great. He had a desire to be perfect. Well, for Pat Mahomes, it's perfect in athletics. That's all fine and good. But my prayer for each of you is that it goes beyond just athletics or some skill here on earth, but, but that you become perfect in love, that agape form of love that gives without expecting to receive. A love that will make you as the Heavenly Father already is. A love that will make you perfect.